0: Experience strength and hope.
1: Alright, Chelsea. Are you ready now? Oh I'm can ready. You, can you hear this? I can. Alright. Check it out. So we had this commercial done. And I I just I'm just gonna let it play from here. Are you ready? This is ready. not me singing.
2: Okay? Sobapie.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: 366
2: fucking days. He <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: It was a sight to see them yeah. Breakfast was Sprite and Seagulls Wrestling with my vices Exercising my demons uh, My blessings were blocked So I never got the message I'm stressing I'm only 12 steps from an exit Damn. Regret it Because my imperfections were perfected I ain't run from it I accept it And rep it It's a badge to me Good stories come from a tragedy And when you survive The glory will come in. act three. 3 The wait's over 366 fucking days sober Read it. Morning affirmations That can start the day for you Use my favorite book Smart for a placeholder, finish when the day's over, okay, 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 okay. 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 yeah, sober pie, keep it authentic, no facade if it's real, then you know it's ours, welcome, welcome,
1: welcome, Chelsea, Carl, what do you think of that shit?
0: It's pretty sick,
1: it's pretty, pretty fucking creative, dope. pretty dope, yeah. yo, pretty fucking dope, <laughs> So, uh, you know, I was looking to do a commercial for the book and I was like looking up, you know, those dudes to be like, buy the book today, you know, that fucking (laughs) shit. And uh, I was like, you know what? And I was like, I was just getting sick of looking at, you know, for these fuckers. And, uh, um, and that's just really what it was. And I was like, so I, I saw this dude and I'm like, oh, you know, he's a rapper. And I was like, maybe I just get him to do his song about it. So that's all I did is I just sent him the book. I sent him the. The basics of it and said you just do what you do i'm not gonna make any changes or updates or nothing just just send it to me and just we'll be done and uh dude fucking knocked it out of the park as far as i'm concerned you know i mean everybody's got their own style of rap or whatever that they like yeah but- um but you know i was like you know what this dude just fucking as far as i'm concerned he just hit it what i really love is that he fucking he just nails the f-bombs like <laughs> he just fucking like it's just the perfect f-bombs oh Fuckin'. man I, I, I could say the f-bomb like that i don't know man it's like to me it's just it's so much style to it so um so that's uh that's gonna be a, we're gonna re- integrate some of that new music in we're gonna like integrate some of that as our intro I just wanted to announce that so people because I know addicts and alcoholics they hate change. They really fucking hate change, yep. don't they? Man, they're <laughs> like, do. Why are you changing my why changing the music again? Well, because you know, the dude wrote a goddamn kick-ass song that incorporated the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chelsea. So um so I am Carl. I am an alcoholic slash addict slash slash all the other slashes. And my sobriety is August 22nd, 2014.
0: I'm Chelsea. I'm an alcoholic and my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is SoberPod. SoberPod is a podcast dedicated to the idea that one addict or alcoholic helping another is crucial to building a life in recovery. Join us on this season as we read from our book 366 fucking days sober and as always stay active stay sober.
1: That's it, yo. Done. That's Thanks it. for the episode.
0: <laughs> Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh so this um uh, this season we are reading from the book 366 fucking days sober which is available now by the way on um on Amazon so you can go to Amazon and you can just look for 366 days sober if you don't want to type in the word fucking but I would appreciate it if you just typed in the word fucking <laughs> And then um uh it's uh so we read from the from the book and then we talk about what it what it says, uh, and this is our book. So every every purchase, by the way, no matter if you're buying Kindle or paperback, uh, we get two dollars from that purchase until June, which I just found out, because it sucks. Because hmm. now Amazon is raising their rates on shit, and so they're basically telling us that we'll get like a dollar eighty if we leave the price the same. So huh. yeah, Grady Bastards. Amazon. Bastards take it twenty cents from us. <laughs> so, so uh, so. I, I'm not sure if we're going to raise the rent uh, on the on the book. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or If we're going to see the way the know. way this economy is, uh, you yeah, know, you supply know. chain, yeah. <laughs> supply- <laughs> all the boats and the harbors and the paper and the mills and the print and the ink. Yeah, we're just going to have to raise the rent. Um. So uh, <laughs> so uh. So uh. So yeah, we probably. I don't know about raising the price on it. But, um. I like I like the fact that we. You know, just had $12 and 22 cents, but, uh, but either way, um, so we're going to read from the book and then we're going to do the rest of the podcast. Are you ready, Chelsea?
0: I am ready, Carl.
1: Do you want to read or do you want me to read?
0: I will let you read.
1: Oh yeah. Give me practice. Cause I got to start doing these like recordings. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Fuck. And I just, I suck at reading. I really do. All right. So I'm going to try and do this. Okay. May 20th. Experience, strength, and hope. This is the format we follow when we share with others. This basic format allows us to talk about where we have been and how we got here, the process of working a program or transformation, and finally, the encouragement uh, that the listener can do the same. It's not easy to pour your heart out to strangers, hoping they will someday acquire what you have found. Yet we do this week after week, and, uh, and some of us get discouraged at the procession of the passing parade of alcoholics and addicts. Uh, but after developing compassion and empathy for the addict or alcoholic, the, iron, the irony is that there's plenty of opportunity to feel compassion and empathy in the rooms of recovery. It can be downright depressing we have so much opportunity. <laughs> so uh, so. But on the rare occasion, someone walks in, sits down, opens their ears, closes their mouth, hears the message of experience, strength, and hope, and then stays a while and they heal, and they do recover. Have you ever thought about your story of experience, strength, and hope? Uh, what is it? There's a question mark. And then, the, that's a reflection. And daily challenge, uh, write it out. Put your story down on paper so you can better communicate it to others. Uh, the end.
0: Uh, the end. S- the
1: end. So, Chelsea, um, what do you think about when you hear... Um, uh, I guess the experience, strength, and hope. You know, I used to think it was like uh, experience, like my uh, my shitty life, right? Yeah. And like, um, and I used to, sh- I used to like, because I would hear people in the rooms talk about their experience, strength, and hope. And then I would sit there and, uh, I would talk about all my experience, just my shitty.
0: <laughs> none of the hope. <laughs> none, of the, none of the strength and none of the
1: hope, right? Like, I mean, by the by the time, like, you know, because you get a timeline, right, or a time frame to work in, you know, you get you get a five minute share or three minutes to share or whatever it is. And, um, and I never, I could never get to the strength of the hope part. I just, you know, maybe the hope was like, yeah, and I'm still sober. Thanks. Bye. You know, mm-hmm. and that was about it. So what do you think of when you think of experience, strength, and hope?
0: So what I think of is, you know, it's really your story and, you know, I, I feel like by telling your story, um, you know, obviously you can't explain everything that happened that would take far too long, but, you know, bits and pieces of it. And then in the past bits during the process and then bits during the present, um, (laughs) sorry, dogs are crazy. Um, uh, you know, Whatever the message is meant to be, it will come out. Um, when, whenever I speak at a meeting, I, I keep that in mind. You know, it's not all about the past, but it's also not all about the present. Because if, if I were a newcomer and I went to a meeting and someone was like, Oh, yeah, I just bought a new car. Yeah. And we just bought a new house and we're about to have a baby and like all this shit, I'd be like, That, is not relevant to me right now. Yeah, like like I'm you, struggling. I don't give a <laughs> shit about your baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fuck <laughs> your, your ugly baby. baby. Man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I think um, you know, best practice at least for me is to, you know, do, do little bits of the process, you know, cuz you can't get it all in one meeting. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that's really what helped me in the beginning. And that's kind of what I continue to do myself. Um, because the best, like the most profound speakers that I listened to were the ones that shared a little bit of their past. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, maybe it's a crazy story, maybe it's a not so crazy story. Um, and then, you know, kind of how they got to where they are now. And just knowing that, you know, there's a timeline and it's not just like an overnight change. So <clears throat> I think that's kind of what, what I translate it into when they talk about sharing your experience, strength and hope. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are your thoughts on it?
2: Oh,
1: I, I, um, it's funny when I was younger in sobriety, I really, I really did think that this was a, uh, like a, like a, Better stories, kind of thing, right? Like when I was twenty oh, yeah. to twenty-five, right? I, I, I would love to tell junky stories, and I'd love to tell like all the, uh, you know, I love to tell a joke. I still love to tell a joke, but, um, but I would use that platform as a ways to tell funny stories that were just related to my escapades, which were like, you know, just fucking ridiculous, you know, and. And, uh, and again I, I always played the fool always played I mean not, not even a good fool I played I played a you know the the fucking joker I didn't play the fool and so um, and and that was like you know so people weren't necessarily laughing with me right they were laughing mm-hmm. at me and because of like you fucking idiot and because I would be talking about that shit. and it reminds me like uh, you know when I hear in the rooms of uh, uh, you know carry the message and not the mess. You know mm-hmm. that's kind of, you know, where it comes down to. You know, when I see when I see experience, strength, and hope today, I really, you know, it's it's you're right. It's like less about the the mess and more about the message, and that's where like you know your your experience of like that you say like yeah I talk about like the last you know I, like I do I have this really like. Uh, setup talk basically where I can do like my first drink when I was like eight years old, and then my last drink when I was forty-two, right? Mm. And um, in my first drink, I was I, I lit a junkyard on fire, <laughs> 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 and I you know I lied to authorities, you know I uh you know it, I I caused you know a lot of you know damage in terms of money. You know, b- but my last drink was literally like me crying at my fucking computer mm. in a in a very quiet desperation, right? and um and so and it shows you like you know you can go from that excitement to that to that isolation and that loneliness and it's a very quick share you know um and then but what i do talk about is i talk about the the quote unquote the the strength of like having to get up from there you know that's where it Mm -hmm. like becomes like okay that's where i go okay that that experience part is kind of like tight and done. And then when I talk about the strength of getting up from there, I incorporate more experience in that, right. To talk about like, you know, because that's who I was or that's what I would do or whatever. And then I had to learn something different. And then again, that, that hope that comes along with it. I try to, um, I try to share like where I am today or what I see today, um, you know, in in those types of things. And, and, um, and I share very personally Like I do even on this podcast, which is kind of weird. Like I don't have like a a spiel. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I mean, I do like have points that I want to make when I say I have a setup. But, you know, there's a lot of people that have that like, you know, I I did this, I did that. And, I, you know, and it's like they could literally, it's like their share is the same fucking share every goddamn time. You know, and I just, I can't stand that shit. (laughs) I just can't stand it. Like it drives me fucking batty. But, you know, I have to remember... That there's somebody in their room that hasn't heard it yet right yeah. so i got i gotta remember that stuff too and then maybe that's the way that that person shares or whatever is that they have that memorized that they've written it down and da, da, da. um you know and that that's all that they that's all that they can muster like that that's you know again it's like that's how they tell their story so i just kind of like gotta like you know listen to it again and you know see if it's there or not you know what i mean And sometimes Mm -hmm. I just space out. I'm like, oh shit, this guy again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to happen like in any meeting, uh, especially if you stick around for a little while. But I think like, um, you know, the people who share that just really grab my attention are those who are somewhat storytellers, but not in the sense of like glorifying, uh, glamorizing their their use they're drinking mm-hmm. it's more so like that that's like a small piece of it but it's like you know it, giving that experience like this is where i was and you know here was the process you know really focusing more on the solution rather than the problem mm-hmm. or the wreckage that they created and you know it's really um it's profound because you you may be looking at this person they just look like a regular old dude right they're just like, they're not, they don't have tattoos on their face. Like they're not, not that that's, there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just saying like, you know, people who look unsuspecting do crazy shit too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it's just like kind of mind blowing. And, um, you know, I, it just brings sort of this human element to this instead of this just grandiose, uh, story that they're wanting to share for story time
1: yeah exactly and it's not like we're going to meetings to just uh, it's again it's not a speech contest you know it's like it's not a fucking like just because somebody's a good speaker will not make them a good sponsor just because somebody's a good speaker will not make does not mean that they have better recovery um you know what i mean it's like so like i say even the dude that repeats his shit he may be living the most fucking virtuous awesome example of what it means to be in recovery but yet you would you know you're never really going to know it until you actually see him in action until you see him in his daily life so um so yeah that's the thing is like um th- there's plenty of dudes that i was i've been like oh wow that that dude you know he's fucking you know he's great like he's you know wow like listen to him you know and then um and, you know, and cause they're, and they're doing the format, the experience, strength and the hope they're doing everything like actually that I would expect to hear. And then, uh, and then you see them operate outside of the, uh, outside of their, <laughs> their, whatever they're speaking and they're kind of assholes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and you go, ah, you fucking jerk. You know what I mean? It's like, you're, you're just a fucking liar now in like, the room. That like, was a nice, yeah.
0: you know, acting, uh, monologue, but yeah.
1: Exactly, and and, uh, and and so, and I've I've come across that a lot too, where it's like they sound really good sitting in that chair in the room, but as soon as they get out, and as soon as they you know put their own personality on, I guess or or whatever, um, they just they sound like jerks, and I just kind of go, oh, and they actually are jerks, you know, to degree. Mm-hmm. So I've seen all kinds, and it's just like so, it's really strange. Like, um, you know not. I'm sure somebody's gonna be like, well, Carl, you're just fucking judging people. Yeah, I'm judging people because that's you know. <laughs> Cause that's, that's, that. <laughs> that's kind of what we do right? Um, as humans. So, you know, but again, not something I would want, not somebody I would want to be friends with, you know, because I, I just don't, I still can't understand like how can somebody can sit in a chair and, you know, sound really fucking awesome and have his little spiel out, but then turn around and, you know, say some really outlandish shit, you know, while, while he's not on, on, you know, the major focus. Right. So yeah, yeah and then the other thing that I brought up in the reading was um, the passing parade um, still gets me because I say it a couple times in that reading, which is it's disheartening to see all these people walk through, um, yeah. you know, to, uh, you know, cause that's, you know, so if you've been there any length of time, you know, a couple years or whatever, you really are, you know, you start to repeat your same story, you know, you, you've you've kind of said it all really the only thing new is what's currently going on in your life. And usually it's not a lot, right? The drama's right, kind of calmed yeah. down. And, and, uh, so, um, so, but then you see these, these, all these faces, man, That that shit to me is the most tragic part of being in recovery. Like there's a lot of hope, but the most tragic part is just like, sometimes I'm in a room and I go, Holy shit. Like, like I am like, first of all, like I probably have more recovery than anybody else here in this room. Um, I've seen all these people come in and leave and come in and leave and come in and leave. Or I've seen all these new fresh faces that I hardly recognize, you know, um, Mm -hmm. just, it's just so tragic the way that this, uh, passing parade of people come by. And it's like, so to have for the long timer, you know, somebody's listening, who's like, you've been in this for whatever, five, six years or whatever. It's like, uh, Um, you know, don't lose hope, right? Don't, so so these people will come and go, but every once in a while, like in, in this really weird, random, like state, like somebody will stick around and it'll be awesome to watch that person grow. Like people watched you grow too, you know? Yeah. So and you never
0: know if it's going to be like something that you said that caused an epiphany, you know, because Mm -hmm. I, personally, like there were things that people said where like, it was exactly what I needed to hear. And it helped me, you know, stay sober another day or another week, another month. So uh, you really just, you don't know. And I think that's the benefit of sharing is, you know, something that may seem insignificant to you might be exactly what another person needs to hear.
1: Yeah. Cause think about early on, like, you know, how the most, I mean, the shit maybe you think about today was like, you know, back then it seems so fucking profound. You're like, yeah. what? Like, not drink today? That's a fucking, like, oh my God, that's like an epiphany, right? Yep. Like, you're like, holy shit, 24 hours, that's it? That's all I got to worry about? <laughs> you know? So um, so that shit to me was like, it just was, like you say, it was like gold, man. And mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, so, but here's the best part. The best part is you actually get to be that person for other people today and you may not see it. You may not feel it. It's funny. I was just talking to my, uh, uh, my sponsor who had passed. I was talking to his, uh, wife, uh, I guess his widow now. That's what you would say. And, um, and we were talking yesterday and we were talking about being that person for other people, like stepping into that role that my sponsor p- played for me. Right. And Mm -hmm. she's like, you know, you, she's like, you get to do that for other people today and you get to use his knowledge in order to like, you know, to be that way for other people. And I, and it seems so like natural to, to consider, but it still feels a little weird. Right. Yeah. To to think that I could be that important for somebody else like that. My sponsor was for me blows my fucking mind. Like I I was like, Oh, that's a responsibility. I don't like that. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, uh, so to share along those lines, I think like we do from like a real honest and um and direct way, it could be real shocking for somebody walking into the rooms as a newcomer to hear that shit, right? Because it almost it's like it's fucking cringy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think some people hear it and they hear, oh, that person's being way too self deprecating, and you know, boy, they really they really just think shitty of themselves or whatever, right? Uh, because they can't imagine, um somebody doing that. Let me give you a good example. Uh, my wife went to a, um, a speaker meeting with me. I, I was opening speaker uh, for the first, whatever, 15, 20 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And then the next speaker was a 45 minute speaker. And, uh, and so I opened and, you know, my wife had come and I, I think I had like two years sober at the time. And I'm saying things that I, she hasn't really even understood, like what happens in a meeting at that point. And I'm saying things that she's absolutely like terrified that anybody else in the world would know about. (laughs) And, and I've been accustomed to saying it now for a year and a half. Like, so I don't really give a shit. I've done my fifth step. I've like, you know, kind of gone through it. And when we left, I was like, so what do you think? And she was like, I would never stand in front of a group of people and ever say the things like that. She's just like, I could, like she was, she was like disgusted by the thought of like standing in front of people and saying that shit. And I was just like I was like, oh wow. I was like, because I never thought about that because this is how I'm staying alive. You know? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It's just so different. So I I think uh, you know, when we talk about this experience, strength and hope and we and we talk about this like real authentic honesty of like fucking those things, uh, it could be real shocking, I think, for for the general like you know, audience, right? The, yeah, the people who are not, um, you know, maybe it's your first time and in, going to a meeting and you hear this shit, and it can feel pretty, you know, vulnerable, right? Uh, just people laying all their hearts out onto the fucking floor, you know. So, um, did you ever feel like that? Did you ever feel like, like initially, like how, um, like how open or honest the the conversation or the sharing was? Did you ever feel like, wow, like this is some real deep shit?
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of went to meetings before I, like, considered myself to have a problem. So I was kind of used to, like, the things that were being said. But I was surprised, like, at my very first meeting because I I thought, oh, AA, it's just like a support group. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like... You go in, you talk about like how shitty like life is (laughs) and like misery loves company type deal. But, um, you know, that, that's such like a small part of it. And I wouldn't say that's the goal at all. Um, it, it was really, um, I think part of the reason I stayed in the back of the meeting for so long is because I saw how open and vulnerable people were being and I was not ready to be that person. I was not ready to be open and vulnerable. I just wanted to sit and listen for a while until I built up the courage to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it could be absolutely shocking because there are things that, like I say on this podcast, for example, that I wouldn't tell a coworker. I wouldn't yeah, tell yeah. my grandmother. Like, <laughs> you know, so there, there are some things that only alcoholics and addicts will understand. Yeah, yeah, and so sure. it's... You know, I feel like talking about it reduces the stigma, reduces the shame. Um, And so for that, it's really important. But also you got to you got to read the room. You got (laughs) to know. For sure. You know, like you can't exactly like I was at work uh, the other day and talking to some people and there was a patient who said like he, he would drink two beers a night. And I was like, Oh yeah. Always. Yeah. It's always two yeah, beers. Always two beers. Yeah, and they me like, too. I,
1: I said the same shit. Yeah.
0: And, um, they were like, what do you mean? I was like, well, like that's pretty common. Like with alcoholics to say that they only drink two beers a night maybe, maybe occasionally a little bit more. And they're like, Oh, so you think like he might be an alcoholic. I was like, I don't know, but I just know it's always two beers. So, <laughs> <laughs> and just like saying that shit, like they were just kind of taken aback. Like,
1: cause they're like, well, what do you know that we don't know? Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, I was like,
0: yeah. well, cause it's, it's just that like, it's more than just like saying this is how many it's, it's actually like, <laughs> you know, People use that to minimize their drinking. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, it's just like it, things did like that that they not understand or something. Did
1: they? Did they like? Because, because I would imagine normies. So, for instance, let me just say, like my wife, when she does drink, it's two, right? Yeah. And it's it it literally is two, and so I just kind of go like, um, so I can imagine like normal people who are just don't have a really problem with alcohol would think, oh yeah, he has two.
0: <laughs> well, here's the deal. Like yeah. I can look a little bit for some signs besides the two beers because i agree that's like a very blanket statement it just so happened that this person was in a very bad car accident and you know they happened to have alcohol in their system because i did some digging but um you know to them like that wasn't even like a thought that they should go digging for that you know they were just like oh like you know People don't lie about how much they drink, like <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, I, I could totally imagine. Yeah, but I, I, well, I, I personally said it all the time. Like you know, I only, I only had, I only had two beers. I only smoked a pack a day, and uh, you know, I, I mean, didn't. I was never honest ever, ever with my yeah. doctors ever. Mm-hmm. And I just like poor doctors, man. Like because the, they're trying to treat you, and they're like, well, I don't know what's wrong with you.
0: <laughs> You're like, yeah, beats that, me.
1: The shame. I don't know. S- yeah. Such is life. So, <laughs> so yeah. But I think
0: different. like, you know, um, that's kind of the safe, socially acceptable answer, I think is two drinks. And I think that's yeah. partly why it tends to be that because, you know, they, there is that shame then they're not going to be open with just anybody about how much they actually drink. Like even a doctor, like you were saying, like they don't want that judgment. They don't want to not be treated you know, for whatever they've got going on because they may have a problem with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, I can understand that part of it, but you know, it, it just goes to show that like the meetings generally, I feel like are a safe space to talk about that stupid shit you did mm-hmm. because we're also talking about the good that you're doing now.
1: Yeah. in the solution. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, big part for me is, um, Sometimes it is hard to say like how good it's going because like you'll be like sitting in a meeting and somebody will be like their whole life is coming down around them and you'll be like, and then you'll be like, uh, like, (laughs) like, like like, my shit's fucking going great. I feel the best I've ever felt. Mm -hmm. And they're like, fucking like get out of here you know uh you know what i mean it's like so you kind of gotta like well maybe i gotta play this one down a little bit you know yeah so yeah so i totally understand that but uh, yeah it's it being in the meetings is an honest place to share it is like i say it is very surprising sometimes how uh, uh how raw people are uh and how much they they do uh you know, expose themselves. They're very vulnerable in meetings. Uh, it is expose a very themselves. You know, mm. <laughs> there's always that one guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> always that one guy who's got it out. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it is it, very vulnerable. Let's just say. And so, um, you know, and it's funny, uh, uh, for a long time there, I was crying in meetings and then, uh, uh I would have people like fucking, ex- cause I just couldn't hold it back. Right. I was just fucking mm-hmm. be like cry, And then, uh, <clears throat> my, uh, it was my home group too so people that i was going with like over a year or longer right they would be like fuck every time they'd see me come and sit down they'd fucking like give me that little like they put their finger on their eye like oh you're gonna cry you know fuck oh, <laughs> you dicks you know? but you know that's just how it goes right it's like but you know again um i think it was very much out of uh um you know i guess uh like a fellowship kind of buddy, buddy, pal, pal kind of stuff. Not like totally being assholes or anything. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of what it's like, right? So that is experience, strength, and hope. That is, I mean, I guess, right? That's the gist of it. Would you say anything more on that? Would you add any more to that?
0: I don't, I mean, maybe just like, really, if you, if you find yourself saying the same story over and over and over again maybe sit down and think about like, you know, that was my experience, but am I sharing the strength? Am I sharing the hope? Because Mm -hmm. that's really what it's about. And, you know, people, you know, initially may want to hear about the crazy shit you did and, you know, you got locked up or you used to deal drugs. Like people may want to hear that so that they can relate. Mm -hmm. But now that they're sober, how do they relate to you? right hmm. so you you gotta like you know follow that through like the progression not just staying stuck in the past because that's not where we want to be right mm-hmm. we don't want to be in the past we want to be in the now just for today right
1: yeah and i i think a lot of the times um uh you know i've heard it before like uh like sponsors will uh somebody will be having a problem right and I've heard this before in in context as well. So uh, someone would be having a problem and then somebody will just turn to them and go, what step are you on? <laughs> and it's like, oh and it God. just fucking nails them, right? Because it, what it means is, is like, you know, hey, like go towards the solution, really. Like, mm-hmm. you know, get back into the work and find out, you know, you know, what, what's, what's, uh, uh, you know, through the steps or through the work, like what has been messing with you in this process. So yeah. what is, you know, so... So, yeah, I love those kinds of questions that we can do sometimes to each other of like, you know, checking each other's shit, pulling each other's cards, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's one thing to do that. But it, it's another thing to also just want to be um, want to be willing to do it. Right. Because you can sit there and have a good story. Like you said, you know, you can sit there. and But really, what is it? You know, is it's like is it the same story? Re- repetitive? Is it that kind of thing? Are you really like practicing the program today? You know, did yeah. you not, did you do it one time, uh? You know, two years ago, and now you're just gonna keep fucking repeating that story, or are you like seriously looking at, you know, where are you improving today? And yeah, maybe by millimeters versus miles, you know, because you know the fact is, it's like, you know, once you get over the, a lot of the larger hurdles, everything is you know fairly minor, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of improvement, but but keep going. Don't just fucking stop at that original. Um, you know, think. I guess have more strength, have more hope is what my message would be. <laughs> right? Yeah. So kind of along the same lines. So, okay, so um, okay, this is it. Are you ready? I'm ready. So what the fuck does Chelsea say?
0: I say deuces.
1: And Carl says, um, "Stay active, stay sober." See you, motherfuckers.
2: <laughs> Soberpod.com. 366 fucking days sober Yeah it was a sight to see them. Breakfast was Sprite and Seagulls. Wrestling with my vices. Exercising my demons. My blessings were blocked so I never got the message. I'm stressing. I'm only 12 steps from an exit. Regret it. Because my imperfections were perfected. I ain't run from it. I accept it and rep it. It's a badge to me. Good stories come from a tragedy. And when you survive, the glory will come act three, three. The wait's over. 366 fucking days sober. More morning affirmations that can start the day for you. Use my favorite book, my favorite book. Smart for a placeholder, finish when the day's over, okay? Okay? okay, okay. 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 Yeah, sober pie, keep it authentic, no versailles. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome.